the three wise women of Christmas. Now, you've all heard of the three wise men of Christmas, but what about the three wise women? All right, what am I doing wrong here, brothers? Um, well, what do I got to do? It wasn't on. All right. I need a millennial. All right. It's still not turning. There, was that you or Matt? Was that you or me? Oh, that was Matt. All right, let's try it again. Do I point? I'm clicking that way. Do I click that way? Well, Matt, guess what? You got to work today because I can't make this work. All I see is zero, zero, zero. Do I have to hit something else? All right. Well, we'll just turn it off and try it again, again next week. All right. Three wise women. Now, let's go to the introduction page, shall we? The next slide. So here's my question. Do you remember the names of the three wise men? Shout them out. Do you, do you remember the names? According to legend. Ah, sleepy crowd. Too much turkey this week. Belshazzar, Melchor, Oh, well, I'm going to let you look up the last one. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. How about where they were from? Where were the, they from? The East. Thank you, sweetie. And what were their gifts? Gold. Oh, well, good. You, you redeemed yourselves on that one. Now... <coughs> the three wise women, what were their names? I haven't told you yet. So you don't know. Do you know where they're from? Well, if I haven't told you, where would you how would you know where they're from? But it has been said that if the three Wise men had been women. Here's what they would have done. Next slide. They would have done this. They would have uh, asked for directions. They would have arrived on time. They would have delivered the baby. They would have cleaned the stable. They would have brought practical gifts. And they would have left a hot dish. <laughs> but let's, let's get serious, shall we? Let's start here. Let's go with the historical viewpoint, the historical setting. A, the setting. The place. In those days, Mary arose and went to haste to the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Here's what's going on. Mary's been visited. Now, I want you to remember, Mary's not 24. Mary's not 34. Mary's 14 to 16. 
And an angel has appeared to her, and an angel has said, you are going to carry the Son of God. Ladies, would that have rattled you? And not only are you going to carry the Son of God, nobody's going to believe your story. You're going to be in a town where you're going to be shamed, disgraced. You notice that Mary's mother is never mentioned in the story. You see, women died in childbirth often in those days. This is my conjecture. Scripture does not say it's silent on this, but there is a very, very good chance that Mary does not have a mother. So she needs a steadying influence. She needs someone to turn to. And so she goes. She goes to her, her relative. We're going to find out later that this is a relative. Her name is Elizabeth. She is older. The angel will tell her that she too is having a miraculous child. The word there, haste, is not just with speed, but it's the idea with eagerness, with enthusiasm. She's looking for this support. And it says to the hill country. If you would look at, we think she went to Hebron. If you'd go to the, the map, please. To Hebron. It's right by where Mary is from. Close, but isn't close. It's the second oldest, second, or excuse me, second holiest city in Israel. They make pottery there. They uh, grow grapes and figs and crime. In fact, it's dangerous. If you go to the next slide, it's uh, very much hill country. It's a place where robbers would hang out, and she's going to have to make an 80 to 100 mile journey. Bandits everywhere. But with eagerness she goes. And she makes her way to find her friend. It will take her three to four days. And she arrives. We see there's two people. There's Mary and there's Elizabeth. And in Verse 36, we understand that she's Mary's relative. And so she enters the house. There's a greeting. She enters the house of Zechariah and greets. And the greeting is very important to the Jewish people. In fact, uh, she probably used the word shalom. Now, shalom is a lot more than hello. Shalom is a blessing. In fact, Jesus said, when you enter a house, say peace to this house. It's a blessing on the house. It's a blessing on the people. He said, 
peace, peace, peace to you. Bless this house. But is Mary also maybe seeking peace for herself? I mean, she's going through it. She's facing something. And so she reaches out to Elizabeth. And notice Elizabeth's reaction here. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt with joy. She is filled. Here she says this, and she exclaimed with a loud cry. Now this word loud cry, it's an idea that she was excited. But the word is shriek. Ah. Yes, you're here. Did any of you have those kind of greetings over Thanksgiving? That someone walked in and you said, yes! Can you imagine what a young, scared girl felt hearing that? Yes, you're here. Yes. In fact, that word shriek is the word we get megaphone from. That's how loud it is, but it doesn't make sense. I'm sorry, it doesn't make sense. I mean, she, she comes in, she tells her story. Yes, uh, uh, Elizabeth, yes, uh, I'm carrying the, the child of, uh, for the, the, the angel said it, it, it's going to be God's son, that's why I'm pregnant. Come on, kid, give me a better story than that. Come on. I'm old enough to know how this stuff works. A miraculous birth? Come on! But Elizabeth believes. Why? Well, one, notice what the text is telling us. There's a spiritual viewpoint. Enter the person of the Holy Spirit. You see, there was a, a conference, a Billy Graham crusade way back in California many years ago. And there was, at that time, a famous soccer player. You wouldn't know that soccer player today. But that soccer player had ex met Jesus Christ. And so one of the local 
uh, reporters said to the soccer player, come on, can you really believe that whole death, burial, and resurrection thing? Come on, can you really believe that? And the soccer player stopped and said, well, Billy Graham says it's so, and if you can't believe Billy Graham, who can you believe? Well, Elizabeth just topped it. Elizabeth would say, if you can't believe the Holy Spirit, who can you believe? Because that's what she says right here. That's what the scriptures tell us. Because she's indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Verse 41, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now before Pentecost, before the book of Acts, the Spirit would come in and dwell for a time and a purpose. After the book of Acts, Spirit dwells in the Christian forever. And so what happens? She's filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit says, yes, this message is true. This is true. Believe it, Elizabeth. This story is true. And then notice what the baby does. For the baby who would become John the baptizer. The one who came to prepare the way for Jesus leaps. And notice how she interprets it. Leaps for joy. Now again, I think that's the Holy Spirit telling her. And it would make perfect sense because what does the angel say to those shepherds on that night? I bring you good tidings of what? Great joy. Why wouldn't John jump with joy for being in the presence of Jesus? Why wouldn't he jump for joy knowing that Jesus was here? The one they all had waited for. The one that he would prepare the way for. But now there's a practical view. Mary had a need. Way back in verse 29, we see when she's talking with the angel, she's greatly troubled. What 14 to 16-year-old girl wouldn't be? What 24-year-old woman wouldn't be? You see, Scripture is about real stories, about real people who lived real lives as they encountered the real, true, living God. And so, 
Elizabeth has a response. And I want you to catch this response. It is an amazing response. It was the twas the Christmas before Christmas response. You're saying, Pastor Greg, you watched way too many Hallmark movies this weekend, didn't you? Hang in there with me. For her response was a response of peace, love, and joy. It was a response of Christmas. Even before Christmas would come. Notice first how she responded. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why was I not chosen to be the mother of our Lord? That is from the Brawley Revised Suspect Version. Friends, if you ever find that, that version of the Bible in the store, run from it fast. Never buy it. It will destroy your soul. No, that's not what she said. That's not what she said. Here's what she said. And she said this because according to Luke 1.6, she was both righteous before God, walking blameless in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, because love does not envy. This is what she said. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord? What? How did she know that this was her Lord? The mother of my... Holy Spirit told her. The mother of my Lord. The one that I will bow my knee to. The one that I will worship. The one that will save me. Should come to me. And then she responds with joy. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt with joy. Oh Mary, take joy. And the result is peace. Notice Mary's response. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior that is not a result of trouble but that is a result of peace when we magnify the Lord and our spirit rejoices in God and we call him our Savior we have peace now isn't it interesting as we come to our conclusion that the three words of this wise woman 
would resonate. You see, she reminds me of a wise woman I knew. Her name was Ruth. Ruth was 83 years old when I got to meet her. Ruth was small and frail and blind. And uh, Ruth had a habit of getting into the weirdest places. She got in the middle of a riot in San Francisco. She was asked to speak at a church and some people came to riot but they went to the wrong church to riot at. And they rioted at her church. And so she walked out in the middle of the riot, and the rioters beat her up, sent her to the hospital. But instead of hating the rioters, she prayed for them and forgave them. That's Ruth. But women, women would flock to Ruth. This little, blind, frail woman. And they would flock to her. And, and, and one time, I, 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 what is your secret, Ruth? Well, Pastor, being blind, I don't get distracted as easily. So I've learned to listen really good. And I find that the women who come to me are women that no one listens to. Often they're women without moms or grandmoms and they need someone to listen. So I listen. And I listen. And I listen. pray for them. I pray with them. And then I take them to the cross. I take them to the cross because people don't realize that the cross gives us peace and joy and love. Because it was on the cross that those things were made possible. For it was on the cross that God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
and I point them to the Christ that loves them. And then I point them to the joy. I tell them to look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, to to find their life in Jesus who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And in him we find our joy. And then I tell them about the great fact that God made peace by Christ's blood on the cross. That we can Stop having a war with God. But we can have reconciliation. We can have a new relationship with God. And then I start talking with them on what that means on a daily basis and how we live, live that reconciliation both as new birth and as a believer. You see, Pastor Christmas is all year long. Because in Christ we find love, we find joy, we find peace. Thanks to the cross. Amen? Amen.